on, give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's something about that Delgado family. They're, they're like the Partridge family of preaching. Yeah. All of them. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Now, we had another uh, video. Um, if you were here before, you saw some of the Christmas video, the, tr the traditions, people sharing about their, their traditions. Well, uh, somehow our video was not passed along to the right person. We have it, uh, but uh, we didn't get it to the right person this morning, so we, un we're unable to see it uh, this morning, but we will show it uh, to you next Sunday, uh, next Sunday morning. And uh, so hopefully, uh, uh, you know, you'll get to see that then. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open them up to the Gospel of Luke. I, I certainly hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Amen. I mean, you look healthy. All right. All right. You got, got a chance to eat. Luke, I'm sorry, did I say chapter 7? I meant chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Verse 17. I'm going to read a verse there. I wonder if, did you go out of town for Thanksgiving? Oh, some of us did. Some of us are still out of town. Some of us here are still out of town. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 17. I'm reading from the New International Version, and this is what it says. It says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to us once more as you have through the message that J.D. shared a moment ago and, and all that you've been saying in the worship, the words that, uh, that go out in the in the song, your spirit Im it just embeds those words in our hearts and our minds, words of encouragement and hope. For this is what the gospel is all about. And I pray this morning as these words are read that hope arises within us, that somehow you would speak to us about something in us that surprises us when we simply go in your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen. amen, amen. 72 people were sent out. The Bible says 72 of them. He had 12 disciples. But at this point, he sent out 72 people, all of them from different lifestyles, different backgrounds, different upbringings, different experiences. They weren't all the same. They were all different, 72 people. But no matter how they left, and they all left, 72 people, no matter how they left, when they left, 72 of them returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. That tells me that they were successful in what he sent them out to do. They were successful. They, they, they did just not just the, the least of things, because he told them, hey, go, and, and whoever is sick, lay hands on them, and they'll get better. Tell the people in all the cities that I'm about to go to, tell them the good news. It, whatever house you enter into, say in that house, like speak to the house. Tell the house, 
peace be unto you. And there will be peace in that house. They must have experienced success in all of these things. What they did not expect was that even the demons would submit to them in the name of Jesus. They came back. They didn't say, hey, man, we went into crack houses and we said, peace in this house. And that house submitted to us. And that probably happened. Who knows? But they didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about the people they laid hands on and were better. They said, even demons, even the powers that resist us, even the forces that we struggle with day in and day out, the forces we wake up to fighting us and, and attacking our bodies, attacking our families, attacking our cities, they, were submit to, they submitted to us in your name. You know, experts say that in everybody's life, in every one of our lives, we will go out in a day and encounter all kinds of people and all the people that you might meet in a day there are people you will not share the same uh, capacities, same abilities, the same personality. Uh, you know, you know it's, it's a rare that you'd even meet people with the same name, you know. Even rarer, people with the same birthdays. There are people who have the same birthday. But, but to find similarities in people is rare. Another expert says that... In order to find people who think exactly like you and would respond in a similar situation exactly like you would be like one in 16 million. I thought, that is pretty odd. There are married couples who have been married for years, and you know this if you're married, that don't have anything in common, right? There are people who have been married for years, and even though they say they begin to look alike, we had a Bible study once, not too long ago, and we were showing pictures of, you know, you know, they say that dogs and owners look alike, and I show all these pictures of the owners and the dogs that look similar, and they, and they looked alike, you know. They say that even couples, you know, sometimes they can be married for years, and they're different. They don't have anything in common. One likes it hot, the other one likes it cold. One likes it plain, the other one likes things fancy, sweet, sour, salty, whatever it may be private, outgoing, different. But here, 72 people sent out in the name of Jesus did exactly the same thing in all of these different cities that they encountered, in different towns that they went to. At least about 35 or so, because they went out two by two, but wherever they went, in whatever village, whatever town, uh, into whatever house they entered into, separated by time and distance, separated, even they may not have even known one another. The one who went to one city and probably didn't meet other, they probably saw each other in the crowd, but one went to this area, another to an, another area, but all 72 experienced the exact same thing. They did exactly the kinds of things that you would expect Jesus to do. That's amazing. All of them encountered suffering. All of them were confronted by demonic forces. All of them. But all of them, all 72 of them, returned. And they all had an identical report. Even demons submit to us in your name. 
Nobody complained of fatigue. Nobody came back and said, you know what, man, my feet are sore. Hey, you know, hey, thank you for the trip, but my, man, my, my bunions, man, they're, you know, messing with me. Nobody, you know, uh, buried their talents. Jesus told the story about sending people, and that was just three of them. And, and one of them buried their talents. Here is 72 success stories. 72 people that went out and came back rejoicing. Nobody made excuses. They rejoiced at the success of what they were able to accomplish in the name of Jesus. I'm sure some of them had pressing needs before they went. You think about 72 people. Surely somebody had to have some issues in their lives. Family issues or financial issues, maybe even health issues. We're about to go on this trip. You know, Jesus, you want us to go where? Uh, how long is it going to take? How far do we have to walk? A and he sends them. And I'm sure they were willing, willing. But they didn't come from perfect backgrounds and perfect homes. And they didn't have perfect lives. They probably asked themselves, should I go? What do I say? I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to share the gospel with people. How long is this trip going to take? You know, I, I might have to work. They might call me. You know, Target, man, it's holiday season. They might call me to come in. Or, or, you know, should I go? Should I go to, with Jesus? Should I do what he's asking me to do? But they all went, all 72, and the Lord exceeded their expectations. Did far more than what they could imagine him doing in their lives. When they were first sent, I'm sure they believed the Lord. You're going you're gonna to lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. Yeah, right. <laughs> he tells them that in verse 9. And they're probably thinking, yeah, like that's going to happen through me. You know, I, you know people that, that have never accomplished a whole lot before this. We don't know who they are. We're not even told their names. There, there aren't other books written about 72 of the most powerful people in New Testament times. We, they're just average people, common, everyday people. And he says to them, you're going to go out and you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You walk into a house, tell the house, peace be unto you. And if it returns, leave that house. Go to another house. If there's a city that won't welcome you, shake the dust off your feet. But proclaim the gospel. And all these 72 went out. And, and they probably had doubts at some point uh, that, you know, me, uh, you know, laying hands on the sick, these were some of the same disciples that just two days earlier, three days earlier, they had trouble casting a demon out of a little boy. You could read about it in verse 9 or chapter 9 of the same, of the same book in the, in the book of Luke. So, so when they went, they may have believed him. But I'm sure they had their doubts. But in going, in the simple act of going, to get up and step out in the name of Jesus, something happened that surprised them and far exceeded their expectations. Something happened in their lives that totally contradicted even what they thought of themselves. Go and do this. And, they, and in their going, 
in their going, in their obedience to do what Christ asked them to do, they came back amazed. Jesus meant even the demons submit to us in your name. This is fascinating. Just, just that one verse. Fascinating. The same men who witnessed miracles on a daily basis. They saw Jesus do this kind of stuff all the time. And they were astonished when he did it. But the power of God that they witnessed in Christ is now given to them. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine what could happen in your family. Imagine what can happen in our city if he simply tells us to go in my name. Can you imagine him saying that to you? Go in my name, lay hands on the sick. Proclaim the gospel in every place that I, I want to go and show up in. And you'll see things. Go speak to the house. When you enter into your house, speak to the house and, and proclaim peace in that place. Proclaim peace in your city. Identify them. Name the cities that are, that are favorable to God's presence. Name them. Claim them in the name of Jesus. And the ones that don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet. And you will judge that city simply by your going. Can you imagine if this morning he commissioned you to go into the cities to speak to homes and buildings and structures, to lay hands on the sick? We'd probably be in the same frame of mind as the disciples. Me? Yeah, right. We struggle. We struggle getting our own lives together. But in going, something happened that surprised them. They were totally, totally amazed. The same men who confess their slowness to understand spiritual things. The same men who argued over who should be first in the kingdom. I should be first. No, I should be first. You know, and they're arguing with Jesus. Let me be first. Let me sit next to you. In, in the kingdom of heaven. Let me sit, ne sit next to you when we get there. You know, arguing. Mom, tell them to let me sit next to Jesus. The same ones who were terrified at the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Frightened. Who doubted Jesus' ability to feed the crowd. Men who repeatedly failed repeatedly, repeatedly complained, repeatedly made mistakes, and now they're able to imitate Jesus. Man, amazing, amazing. Demons, I, you know, I was thinking, demons must have tripped out. It's like, what's going on here? I don't even know this guy. And I can't keep my grip of cancer on this person. I can't maintain diabetes in the lives of this person. I can't keep this family torn apart and, and, and messed up. I can't keep my, my spirit of, of addiction upon this individual because these people came into the city and they're proclaiming good news and I can't maintain my power over these individuals. What's going on? They must have tripped out. They must have tripped out. This isn't even Jesus. This isn't even Jesus. And I can't re resist their command to let go. I can't commis, co uh, resist their command to flee. I, I can't hold my ground. They've come into the city and they've taken over. They've taken over. Man. Can you imagine that? People showing up in power in the name of Jesus. 
Captives were set free. People with unexplained sicknesses. They probably had sickness for years. Nobody could figure out what was going on. All of a sudden, these people come into town and say, you know, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And they lay hands on them and all of her, you know, the person is healed. Man, it wasn't what we thought all these years. All these years, we thought it was you know, some congenial uh, problem, something passed down or something they, they you know, contracted at some point. And it was demonic powers that had subdued them. And here they are setting people free. Imagine all the families they brought joy to on this trip. Just a few days. Imagine all of the lives that were transformed simply because they went in the name of Jesus. And 72 of them, all of them, were endowed with the same power. They probably didn't agree on the same kinds of foods. They probably didn't agree on the same kinds of music, the same kinds of styles and clothing and all kinds of other things. They probably were at odds with, but one thing they had in common is that when they went in the name of Jesus, they had power to confront the enemy, power to set the captives free, power to confront darkness, power to bring hope and life in cities that were under the oppression of the enemy for who knows how long. They went out and made a difference. You know, I'm afraid today that most of us live our lives with similar doubts about what we're able to do about what we're able to do in the name of Jesus, about whether anything would happen if we go out in the name of Jesus. I was reminded of Ephesians 6.10 where Paul tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might as if his strength gives me something that I don't have, as if I can enter into Christ and his strength and I can do what I could not do on my own. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Colossians 2.15 tells us that he's already disarmed the powers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them when he went to the cross. He triumphed over the powers of this world. Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These 72 would have never known the possibilities of their power until they stepped out, until they went, until they said, you know, let me set the excuses aside. Let me go and see what Jesus is talking about. Let me go to a stranger. Let me enter into this city. I've heard that we shouldn't go to this city. I'm going to go to this city. I'm going to speak to this house. I'm going to speak to this building. I'm going to enter in and claim for Christ's sake that God has come to redeem souls in this place. Let me just go and do what he's asked me to do. Oftentimes, we struggle to gain victories over ourselves. We fight with thoughts, we fight with, with temptations, and there are times we struggle to make plans for our lives, uh, plans for our family. We struggle sometimes, and we often face the disappointments and defeats that come in life, simple life, without the power of the enemy. But Jesus has taken away the power that confronted all of these people that they encountered. He's taken away the sting of the scorpion. He's taken away the venom of the snake. He says, go, man, you will trample over snakes and scorpions in my name. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from, the, from heaven. 
And, and he was describing the broken power of the devil. Go and take, man, you can't rob the strong man's house if the strong man is there waiting for you, but I have bound the strong man. Take what you want. Go take what you want from him. He has been defeated. And the evidence was there from city to city, from house to house. Lives were restored. Families were reunited. Prisoners were set free. Man, amazing story in this one little verse. I find it amusing, though, that Jesus doesn't tell them anything until after they come back. Until they come back. Jesus, Jesus, even demons submit to us in your name. Oh, yeah, didn't I tell you? Why? Yeah. Satan has been defeated. He's lost his power. He's been dethroned. I saw him fall like lightning. Like lightning. Not just falling. You know, they say, you, you know, gravity pulls at 32 feet per second. But lightning, man, that's the speed of light. Pam, he came down fast. He came down fast. That's what Jesus was trying to communicate. He has fallen quickly. He rose up thinking that he was equal to God, but he has fallen quickly. And all you need to do is to go out in my name. Who knows what territory you might claim for Christ today? Who knows? This story tells me that Satan's power is broken. The way things have been don't have to be that way. The way things have been, and I can just imagine people in these cities, you know, praise God for the cities that, that these obedient disciples went to. Praise God for the change that they made in those cities. The way things were for years, for generations. And then they come, and they say, well, in Jesus' name, it doesn't have to be this way anymore. That it doesn't have to be, lives don't have to be broken anymore. Because the one who has kept things this way has been defeated. And there is someone new that we want to proclaim. There is someone else that we want to tell you about. There is someone who loves you. Some, uh, someone who has moved into this territory with a message of hope. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And all of a sudden, those individuals who experience life the same for years, the pains and the hurts and the discomforts and the limits were set free in a moment. Jesus, even demons, submit to us in your name. All you need to do is go out in my name. Who knows what territory you might claim? Paul said in Romans 16, verse 20, that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And he's already begun to do that. All of these things have already begun to take place. The work Satan has done to create harm has been reversed. And God has given you the ability to proclaim God's kingdom here in this place. That's what they discovered. The simplicity and the power of Jesus' name. When we go in his name... You might be surprised. These men went in the name of Jesus and were thoroughly surprised. Jesus says, for, for where two or more are gathered in my name, I'll be there. 
If you can imagine that, you know, two or more people in, in the name of Jesus, we gather together in his name and, and you don't even have to like name the moment. Like you go out for coffee and, and then we're here in Jesus name, you know, and you don't have to claim it. You're just there in his name and Jesus shows up wherever two or three are gathered in my name. There will I be with them. He even says, if anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name will certainly not lose their reward. Right? You do good things in the name of Jesus. You probably say, man, I, I wouldn't give this guy a cup of water. But, you know, in the name of Jesus, I'll give him a cup of water. Right? He says, signs will accompany those who believe. He says, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Now, be careful with that one. There were people I heard in the news, you know, trying to pick up snakes because of that verse. And I'm not sure he's talking about, I think he's talking more about what happened to Paul, picking up wood, and there was a snake in the wood, and it bit him, and it didn't hurt him. Everybody sat around watching, waiting for him to die. The Bible says that they, after he got bit, they were like, you know, And, and he, never, he never felt any ill effects. It's, it's, it's that, that uh, you know, that, that the thing you stumble upon, the harm you stumble upon, Jesus has taken away the sting of the scorpion. Not to go out chasing stuff, drinking poison, and looking for, you know, jumping off of buildings. Watch this, you know, and thinking that Jesus is going to save you at that very moment. No. But those things you just happen to stumble upon, the harm that awaits those unexpectedly. He says, I will do whatever you ask when you ask in my name. And he says this because he says the son, so that the son may bring glory to the father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that? We need to ask in the name of Jesus. We need to ask. Man, one of the, the highlights of, of the week for me is, is when we gather in prayer, because then I can go to the Father and I can ask him, you know, and it's not, and, and it's not that that's the only time that we pray, but there's something powerful in corporate prayer when you pray with other people that just in it, 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 it empowers us and invigorates us and, and we're calling out to God and God is present and we, he says whatever, whenever you ask at every day, every night, however you pray in the mornings and the evenings when you pray pray in his name do what you do in his name when you get up, Lord it's in your name that I'm going to do what I'm doing today when you go to work when you serve and you work or you teach, whatever it is you do in the name of Jesus, something is different when we go in the name of Jesus. He will surprise you, pleasantly surprise you, the same way he surprised these men. He gave them a heads up. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to experience. You're going to go in these towns, and there's some that are going to resist you, but you're going to lay hands on the sick and you're going to do this. And he warned them. He gave them a heads up of what to expect. But they came back with their expectations far way beyond what they thought what they would experience. And I believe that he'll do the same for you this morning. This morning, I, I just want to challenge you to orient your life 
Aim your life in such a way that all that you do, you do in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray this morning for this congregation, for your people. I pray, Father God, for your presence and power and blessing that we would live our lives in your name, that what we do, we do in your name. As we build our families, Father, the activities that we, that we engage with, the, the things that we do, the days that we serve and work, and all that we do, that we do in your name. Father, I pray that you would go before us, just as you promised, that whatever we do in your name, Lord, you would be there present with us. I pray that as we ask in prayer in your name, that you would provide that you would show up, Father God, that you would surprise your people with the truth that what you have spoken, you really mean. And so I pray, Father God, that you would meet the needs of individuals, meet the needs of parents, fathers and mothers, that you would meet the needs of those that have been praying for siblings, Meet the needs, my God, when we come in the name of Jesus. There's something powerful about the name of Jesus. There's something about that name that enables, something about that name that goes before us as that name is spoken. There's no power in the universe, no power in heaven, on earth or under the earth that is above the power of that name. You have given Jesus, Father God, you have given him a name that is above every other name, that every knee will bow to that name. And Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father God, that we have been called in that name, sent in that name. So I pray, Father God, that we would go in that name this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. It simply says in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Oh man, that, that verse, that one verse means a whole lot. And it's there. It's there not just to tell the story of what they experienced. It's there to tell of what you can expect when you live your life in the name of Jesus, when you do what you do in the name of Jesus, trust him and you might be surprised this morning, amen? If God has spoken to you, we're gonna give you a moment to pray. We're gonna give you a moment to connect with Christ because you know what, there may be people just like there were people here in this story that did not expect from one day to the next that anything, anything at all would change. They woke up that day, they probably made breakfast for their families, they probably did the same routine, uh, they probably said the same prayers, hoping children would return, hoping their marriage would be different, hoping their circumstances would be different, until people came in the name of Jesus proclaiming that a new reign, a new kingdom has been established people that went out in obedience
to the name of Christ, proclaiming a new era, a new time, a new breakthrough of the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, what had been permanent, what seemed unchangeable, all of a sudden was broken and God did new things. All it takes is people who believe. Father God, I pray this morning, I pray for men and women who will believe you, men and women who will go forth in your name, men and women who will pray in the name of Jesus, who proclaim peace in the name of Jesus, who will enter into homes and buildings and cities and proclaim the peace, who will require the peace of God to remain in these places. I pray, Father God, for men and women who will pray for the sick, who will lay hands on those who are sick. I pray for men and women who will make a change, a difference in the places they go, in the places they live and work. I pray, Father God, your presence in their lives as we go out in your name. Move this morning. Draw those, Lord God, to yourself, those that are longing in their hearts to know you, those, Father God, who have been burdened with sickness and pains. I pray, speak to them. Move in their lives. Reveal yourself to them, even this very moment, my God. I pray for a, a longing, a desire to be close to you, a longing and a desire to know you, Father God, that you would have your way in our lives this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be.